May it please the listeners. My name is Rich Schoenstein, and this is Law Brief. So we're back from a brief hiatus. This is either episode one of season two or episode whatever of season one, depending on how you look at that kind of thing. But uh, but we're here with another episode, and we're here with my partner, Mark Rosenberg, from our intellectual property department. How you doing, Mark? Doing good. Excellent. We are going to talk today about video marketing, which is... Uh, well, has been gaining increased prominence from some time and I think is going in that same direction and some of the legal implications that come from that. So, Mark, maybe you want to start. What inspires uh, you to want to talk about video marketing with us today? Two reasons, and they're actually wrapped into one. Online video marketing is exploding. Where video marketing or advertisement that's on video used to be the exclusive province of television, Now you can find advertising videos all over the internet. It's on commercial websites, Amazon, social media. It's both professional, paid ads, as well as viral. And as a lawyer, I'm so interested in video marketing because it's fraught with so many legal issues. It's really an intellectual property course in and of itself. Okay, we'll get to that now. I know, I think I know what you're talking about because I, of course, am on the internet frequently and see a lot of these ads all over the place and particularly growing now on social media, right? Yes. I think the idea is to put your video marketing on social media and hope that it gets a lot of hits or maybe manufacture it getting a lot of hits if I understand how it's done so that it gets seen uh, by lots and lots of people. Well, what you really want for social media video marketing is the video to go viral and that people start sharing it and that all you need to do is place it in a few strategic pages. And the next thing you know, millions and millions of people are looking at it. And it's a much more cost-effective way of advertising than placing an ad on television where those cost millions of dollars. And you can create a very effective video ad for a few thousand. And actually, you can do it by yourself. Um, Unlike a professional television advertisement where you need to hire a professional video company, an advertising company, people can make an online video using um, their cell phone and software that comes pre-installed with their computers. And and And, that's all you need. and, And I assume the thought is that video is more effective than just putting something in print. Yes. Uh, studies have shown that consumers retain video ads, and this is on the online version, much better than a print ad on the internet. Okay. And it makes and sense because a banner ad is essentially just a static photo with a few words, whereas video engages the consumer, especially when right. doing really well. Right. Uh, so the prognosis here is that video marketing is going to continue to increase. Is that the idea? Absolutely. It's only going to get more prominent and used by more and more companies, both large and small. Okay. Well, I think we all agree on that. Um, Anybody who's been on a computer understands that this has been a growing industry for some time. So let's talk now about the legal issues that might arise. Um, You pitched this as sort of an intellectual property primer. I like that idea. 
what are the some of the concepts that jump out for you? And I'll just hit on them, just list them off at first, then we'll come back and discuss each one. First of all, it's the right of publicity. That means the right of a person to control the use of their name and image for advertising purposes. Copyright issues, uh, the rights to something that you create, music, photographs, videos, trademarks, the name and logos of various brands. Those are the main ones, and there's just all types of permutations of each one. I think right of publicity is probably the place to start because it's where the most mistakes are made when I deal with clients who are creating video ads. What are the common right of publicity mistakes that are made? Well, the, the most important thing, the company using a video to promote itself, is they got to get the permission of every single person who appears in that video. And it's a consent that the entity using the video can use that person's image for advertising purposes, whether it be online, whether it be on television, whether it be on print. And my advice is you get it in writing. There has to be a release giving the entity permission to do that. What if you've recorded video in public and there's a crowd in it? How do you handle that? If you're using it for commercial purposes, you may have a problem. If you're reporting on the news, it's that there's an exception to that. Okay, so if you're out and you tape a commercial spot in Times Square that you want to then put online, that might be an issue? Absolutely. If you can recognize the people in the background, if you're taken at a distance that you really can't make out the identity of the people, then, then there is no issue. But if you can make out the identity of the people appearing in that video, absolutely, there's a potential big legal problem. Okay. So you have to be cautious if you're posting commercial video content online that contains images of persons where you don't have their written consent. Absolutely. And my advice is it's everyone who appears in that video, whether it's your boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, partner, best friend, because wives become ex-wives, boyfriends become ex-boyfriends, best friends become ex-friends. And as long as you're using that video, that person who's no longer your friend can say, stop or I'm going to sue you, or sue you. Uh, so it's best to get the release before you start even creating the video. Because if you wait until after, you put in the person may say, you know what, I've changed my mind. Then what? You've just wasted all that time and sometimes money to create a video that you can't use. Okay. Is there anything else under the banner of right of publicity that jumps out about video marketing? Just that the release itself needs to have broad coverage. Um, if you think you may use a video on social media, make sure the release covers social media. Uh, if you think you may somehow switch to television, cover it. If you may use a photograph on the video as a photograph, my advice is to make it as broad as possible to give the creator of the video as much flexibility as possible. Um, because just saying use it online or for commercial purposes sometimes does not mean social media. So my advice is as broad as possible. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the copyright issues. What comes up in that category? Okay. So there's multiple copyrights when someone creates a video. First, there's a copyright in the creation of the video itself, what somebody sees, the creativity that went into it. There's copyright in any dialogue or script. There's copyright in any background music. There could be copyright if there's background images. 
Um, if you're taking the video and there's uh, artworks in the background, the artist has copyrights in those images. And if those images appear in the commercial video, there's a potential copyright infringement. So putting the images in the background aside, again, it comes down to getting permission to use everything. That if somebody creates a script for you, make sure you own the copyright in the script or you have a very broad license to use it. Um, if there's music, in an ideal world, you create your own music so there's no copyright issues in it. If you can't create your own music and you pay somebody to create the background music, make sure, if, one, if possible, that the video owner owns the copyright in the music or they obtain a license for the music that was created for them a very broad license, if at all possible. If you're going to use pre-recorded music, download something um, from Spotify, you must, must, must have permission to use that music. Whether it's a top 40 hit, uh, classical recording, jazz, if somebody else recorded it, someone else has copyrights in it. Platforms such as TikTok have already obtained permission to use certain background music. And you can do that if you're creating a non-commercial ad for TikTok. Under you can do that right over the TikTok platform, right? Correct. And there's no copyright issues there because TikTok has obtained licenses. But right. those are for the fun TikTok videos, the ones where, you know, just two friends dancing or acting silly. But if you're going to use that video for commercial purposes, those licenses do not apply. So you have to get your own license to use that background music. All right, interesting. And I and I and I gather that's true if you just I mean, using the Times Square example again, if you're recording something in Times Square and you just happen to pick up in the background a recorded song by an artist, you still have a potential copyright issue. Correct. All right. Crazy. You know, because if you were reporting a news story, no, but as soon as you start using things for commercial purposes, Everyone's antennas go up. The rights owner's antennas go up and are much less forgiving than two friends dancing on TikTok with music playing in the background. Right. Well, right, because once you're using the material to for an economic advantage, the people who made that material want to share in the economic advantage. Absolutely. All right. So let's turn now to trademark. Flag for us uh, what's at issue in the trademark arena. So trademarks, typically you're trying to promote your own product in a video. Uh, that you're placing on a website, you're placing on social media. However, if there are other trademarks appearing in the background, there's all kinds of issues there. Because you, you could be that the trademark owner may say that you're associating their trademark, let's say it's the Nike swoosh, with the product that the video creator is trying to promote. So my advice is to not have any third-party trademark showing in the video that you create, whether it's logos on shirts, posters in the background. And this also cuts into rights of publicity, a, a poster of a LeBron James dunking. That, you know, he, he has his Lakers uniform on, trademark. He's wearing, uh, I believe, Nike shoes, trademark. And then you have LeBron's right of publicity. You have a trifecta there. Oh, no, probably no. I'll go for the quad because you have the copyright in the uh, poster, the photograph itself. So you got to be, my, you know, try to have as bland a background as possible. 
Right. And again, the Times Square scenario, even if you're standing in front of LeBron's poster with all of this stuff in it, you still have this issue. And also in the old days where you had to go hire somebody to make a video commercial for you, you would bring in people that would handle a lot of these legal issues, right? Absolutely. The professional production companies already have pre-printed forms and, you know, know to get everybody to sign the releases, know to make sure they have uh, copyrights in the music or a license. They know that if they don't have the proper forms filled out and signed, they're not going to go forward, either using that person in the video or in the commercial or using the music in the background. That because it's inexpensive to make a video and it can be done, do it yourself, most of the people creating videos are not aware of these issues. Right. The production company could spot where the issues are and in many cases deal with the issues by getting appropriate documentation or consents or whatever you needed. Yes. You know, essentially, that's one of the things you were paying production company for is to take care of all those headaches. Now that we've talked through, you know, the primary intellectual property issues that arise from using video marketing online, is there anything else, particularly in the area of social media, which is where I think we really see a proliferation of this kind of content that we should be considering? Yes. Um, some social media, such as TikTok, allows the user to share their contacts with TikTok and other social media platforms, which is fine for a non-commercial account, although your friends may be annoyed with you, but for a commercial user who has collected contact information by creating mailing lists, by emailing customers through transactions with customers, most likely they have a privacy policy that says, well, I'm not going to share your contact information with anybody. And if they then allow TikTok access to the contact information, they've actually violated their own privacy policy and set themselves up for uh, legal disputes regarding the violation of their own privacy policy terms. So it's just something to be careful with. And my advice to commercial entities is do not share your contacts with social media platforms. It's, it's just a recipe for a problem. Right. And most of the social media platforms are in the business of acquiring as much data as they can on individuals. So they're always asking you to share your contacts. I mean, Facebook and LinkedIn constantly want you to import your contacts so they can try to get them to join Facebook and LinkedIn, right? Exactly. Um, and there's two ways. You know, for social media, there's two types of videos that are being done. There's the paid advertising where the video owner pays Facebook or TikTok or whatever other platform you want to use to place the ad. It's essentially old-fashioned advertising. So instead of placing the ad on television, you're now placing it on a social media platform. But what you're seeing more and more is non-paid ads that are being placed on a company's Instagram account, TikTok account. The goal is to go viral. And that's where you see the privacy issues because the user, the account owner, forgets that this is being used commercially. And that's where the problem arises. You're not going to see this problem when you just pay to have your video shown on a social media platform. But when you go viral and use your own account, that's when you see the problems arise. All right. So, uh, Mark, you've been with us before, but as a reminder for our listeners, tell us a little bit about 
your practice and what you do on a day-to-day basis? I am an intellectual property attorney at the firm of Tartar, Krinsky & Drogan. I represent primarily online companies with all their intellectual property needs. And it's everything from clearing ads to uh, helping affiliate marketers, um, both companies that use affiliates and affiliates who have to deal with advertisers with their intellectual property issues. Also do a lot of work with Amazon sellers. Um, during the pandemic, that has been a growing market because people are just not going to brick and mortar retail stores at all. And there are just enormous amount of legal issues selling through Amazon. And that's basically a description of my practice. All right. So we end these episodes with a closing argument, sort of a takeaway for listeners on the topic of the day. What would you suggest our listeners take away on this topic? If you're going to engage in video advertising online, be careful. And it makes sense to get a lawyer just to do a once over of everything before you start broadcasting or placing the ad online. All right. Well, that makes sense to me. A lot of our takeaways end up with have a lawyer look at it. Um, yeah, and I'm not, it's not a lot of work for the lawyer to do. You're not, and it's not going to be a lot of money to pay the attorney to do it. But it's essentially an insurance policy. Because what you don't want to do is create this really nice online video that starts to get viral and you get a cease and desist letter. Yeah, or, or, yeah. You get, or even worse, you get sued. Right. I think of it more as preventative medicine. You know, you get somebody to check it before you share it with the public and make sure you're not walking into an unanticipated problem. Yes. Uh, you you can right. see, you know, great marketing programs go down the drain because all the boxes were not checked before the ad was placed. All right. Great. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Great to have you back. And uh, thanks for bringing us up to speed on that. Thank you, everybody. Rich. We'll, we will see you next time. Okay. Take care. Thank you again for listening to Law Brief. Now here's something lawyerly, a disclaimer. We are not your lawyers. We do not have an attorney-client relationship, and this podcast does not constitute legal advice. If you need legal advice, you should contact and engage counsel of your own choosing who can best address your own situation and particular needs. You can find more information about our law firm, me, and many of our guests at our website, www.tartarkrinsky.com. We are a mid-size, full-service firm located in New York City and New Jersey. If you want to contact us for any reason, be it comments, topic ideas, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at You can also follow this podcast on iTunes, among other places, and we would very much appreciate it if you rate or review us. I'm Rich Schoenstein, and this was Law Brief.